Primal Athletics radio listeners. Uh, this week we're going to be tackling um, some critical thinking skills. We're in the age of information, um, and as fitness enthusiasts, we're kind of bombarded by a lot of good information, bad information, questionable things. Um, so we're going to be diving into that today, specifically on the topic of nutrition. Yeah, even even more so, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about some uh, specifically one documentary that's come out in the last few months. Uh, the uh, Game Changers documentary came out on Netflix about uh, a vegan diet or, p- or pushing a plant-based diet. And, um, we decided to take a look at this uh, not to criticize or pick apart any certain diet, but take it as an opportunity to look at how this information is being delivered in the form of the documentary, a very popular documentary, and, and take a chance to explain to you guys how you can better digest this information, break down the information that's being given to you, and maybe recognize some tactics that documentary makers tend to use a lot of times to to kind of tap into your passions and, and, and make you want to make a change when a change might not necessarily be something you need to do. So we're going to take a look at the Game Changers documentary. Um, we, we all watched it this weekend and take a look at some of the things they got right, which they did get a lot right, uh, some of the things they got flat out wrong and then a lot of the things that were very miscued pieces of information which weren't necessarily right or wrong they were just meant to tell the story a little better and, and, and kind of mislead you in the in the process right and before we dive into this we just want to um, let the listeners know that none of us sitting at the table are registered dietitians but we all do have some education in the um, in the field of nutrition obviously we're all certified CrossFit coaches um, but this is opinion based as far as where we're coming from um, going forward with the conversation. Yep. Yeah, just like uh, probably wouldn't <clears throat> recommend to make a change based off of one documentary. Um, don't take this podcast and go make some drastic changes either. Talk to, to, to a licensed dietitian, doctor, stuff like that. Um, so this, the, the name Game Changers came across, I started hearing about it immediately after it was released in class. People asked me about it friends family when did you guys start hearing about it as well yeah it's pretty immediate yeah, yeah pretty much right away and uh my initial reaction to stuff like that is to not watch it just because like when something is being pushed so hard then in general um i just i kind of know that there's an angle behind it so I'm, i don't tend to watch those kind of things um but it just keeps coming up so i think it was a good idea to mm-hmm. good idea to watch it yeah, I'm in the same camp. I haven't watched any nutrition or health-related documentaries in a long time um, for the same reason. There's usually – there's very few, if not any, documentaries I've seen. I have one that comes to mind in Defense of Food, which I've talked about in this podcast before. It's probably the most unbiased one I've ever seen. But like you said, most of these have some type of agenda they're pushing, um, someone funding it that's pushing that same agenda. And it it can be very tough to kind of to read through – what what's real what's not and what's just along the, the, the party lines they're trying to push on you right and i'm always uh skeptical when 
somebody claims to have the one size fits all, especially in diet or like in a, in a lot of different ways, but especially in the diet realm or nutrition realm, it's like when somebody claims that they have the one way or the most efficient way for everybody, um, I feel like that automatically is a red flag for me. Right. Because there's so much variance in, in the human population mm-hmm. and genetically speaking, like I think that was one of the big things that that gave me a bad taste about the film was um, there wasn't like a zoom out and look at the whole population. It was very uh, one-sided. As you were saying, it doesn't really let you build your own um, opinion. Yeah. It kind of gives you an opinion to hold. It's important to note that the just science-based, there is no one diet that's best for everybody. Science isn't there. Um, if we look back five years ago where nutrition science was, 20 years ago, 150 years ago, it changes constantly. If there was scientifically the best diet for everybody, we would all be on it, mm-hmm. uh, and it wouldn't be a secret. So there is no one best diet for everybody, and I promise you no documentarian, no matter how big the name or who you trust, has that one secret diet for you either. And they even, they even say that in the film, like, um, I don't know who it was that said it, but they were saying that, um, you know, all diets, no matter how, when you look at them, they all have one element of, like, eating whole foods and a lot of vegetables. And that, you know, that's something that all, you know, nutritionists and scientists agree on, that, like, vegetables mm-hmm. are good for you. And basically, the more, the better. And try to fill as much of your diet with vegetables as you can. Of course. Um, if we're before we start breaking it down to, I think it's important if we're going to say it's a bad documentary to kind of define what a good documentary good documentary might be. And uh, I, I think a good documentary is something that takes opinions from both sides. Um, it, it presents factual evidence or science based evidence, and then it, it lets the the viewer kind of formulate their own opinion. And based off those three tenets, um, if you've watched Game Changers, you can pretty easily recognize that it does neither of those things uh it relies very heavily on anecdotal and subjective experience over actual science even though they reference a lot of science they we'll get into this a little more too they, they seem to cherry pick things that uh fall along party lines um and use a lot of anecdotal uh evidence that just there's no science base behind it at all and of course it does not let you formulate your own opinion from pressing the play to the very end it is just force-fed vegan diets are the only way you should be eating uh, or plant-based diets are the only way you should be eating and, and meat is going to kill you in one way or another right and i think that's if, if you take away anything from today that's kind of the big one is um being able to form your own opinion right like mm-hmm. empirical knowledge um like speaking from experience personal experience i feel like is really the the driver of um of understanding with like you should try it <clears throat> excuse me you should try it for yourself um and be able to speak from your own experience rather than relying on you know a company to tell you or a documentary to tell you um and that's kind of like as i said in, in the opening like in, we're in the age of information so there's so much that bombards you um but if you can just speak from your own experience by trying different things and and almost using your body as a uh, lab, a lab, yeah, <laughs> for lack of a better term, um, like you, you are an experiment. So um, try things out, be open, be open-minded, but also uh, take everything with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if we were to, if you were a documentary maker and you were to follow those guidelines, um, 
you're probably not going to sell your documentary very qu quickly. Um, those guidelines of presenting scientific data, uh, letting people form it the only, but those aren't very sexy guidelines. They're not going to make for a flashy, exciting documentary. And I think uh, that's why a lot of times these documentaries kind of go for that that shock factor. If you think back to what was the one years ago, the the famous one that showed. Um, I think it showed a meat. Uh, they showed like the chicken cages and all like the over. The health, what the, something like that, or fed up or something like that. Yeah, there was mm -hmm. a couple that came out like back to back. Food Inc. Food Inc. Food Inc. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, and it showed kind of how how nasty the the mass production phase can be, and that was definitely shocking, and it, it caught a lot of attention. Uh, so things that are that have shock factor, kind of fear mongering, um, those are some tactics these documentaries take to become popular because they need to sell them to a platform and once they get on that platform they want them to be popular because they can potentially sell diet books or recipe books or online programs or give speeches so they want this to be popular um, and unfortunately I think that takes away from sometimes presenting the correct science and not to say they're falsifying information but they're definitely going into these studies and taking information out that, that feeds into their narrative and kind of ignoring and not giving you information that speaks against it as well so mm -hmm. so should we uh kind of dive into the movie in general yeah. and kind of our feedback on it like what was what was your guys like main takeaway from it like big picture i think like when i stepped back after watching it and and tried to like think about what examples they used and such um like it was clear to me, like all, especially the professional athletes and all the people that they showed as as examples. That's like one percent of the population of like, especially of like professional athletes. Like they chose like this small sample group that have found success on this particular diet, but they didn't speak about the ninety nine percent that eats whole foods with meat included um, that have been doing it for ever. You know, um, so I think it's easy to put your put your blinkers on and put the spotlight on one group um, that, you know, supports, like, as Zach's saying, supports your theory. So you can use that to, um, to bolster your opinion or to bolster your point. But if you're going to leave out all those other, you know, the, the wide majority of people who are eating, um, you know, a more varied diet and aren't cutting out uh, meat products or animal products, um, that's kind of like what it boiled down to for me was that it seemed extremely biased. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't like how they didn't show, um, like, people's diets beforehand. Like, yeah, someone's going to get healthier no matter what if all they ate was fast food beforehand or fried foods or whatever. Um, just adding vegetables is going to help, mm -hmm. even if you still eat meat. Right. Yeah, they made the one, they showed the one guy that was um, saying that he ate, like, Popeyes and stuff, which obviously if you go from, like, fast food to Popeyes to... Any any diet with a lot of vegetables that's going to mm -hmm. give you a huge benefit. Any the, diet with just whole food. <laughs> right, right. The overwhelming theme, kind of like what Tyler was saying too, is that um, they're they're focusing on the small percentage of people who are at a high level eating a vegan diet, which is can one hundred percent be done. But they're making the assumption that just because you can do it with plants, that means that meat is harmful. Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of like the overwhelming theme of this is because well, this person's doing it with plants, which means. They don't need meat. Maybe not. Maybe it works for them. But just because you can you can successfully have a vegan diet does not necessarily equate to meat is harmful for you in the right quantities and the right types of meat as well. So right. that was a very misleading thing. Um, we could start breaking it down. Right off the bat, I was turned off by this because they, they just – the very first thing they talk about with the gladiators, 
they is a very good example of just cherry picking data. So if you haven't seen the documentary, they start off by saying they give the example of the gladiator, the Roman gladiator, the the pinnacle of health they call him. And I think when we think of gladiators, our, our mind automatically goes to what Hollywood wants us to think of Russell Crowe with six pack abs and everything we've seen on TV and stuff. And um, so they they talk about these gladiator bones. They found a graveyard. I think it was seventy skeletons they found. Uh, and they did some bone density tests, and their bone density was very high because they were, they were athletes that were training, um, which isn't surprising. And then they, they did these tests and found a, um, a, a mineral called strontium in it. And they do this big flashy demonstration in, in, the, in the documentary where strontium, when it's applied to flames, produces a bright red flame. And, the, and the, the scientist says if this flame turns red, that it proves that they're vegetarians because vegetarians are om- or excuse me, herbivores have very high levels of strontium in their bones. So they, they throw the bone in. It has a big red flame. And they're like, see, I proved it to you. These guys were vegetarians. I looked up the, um, the study that they referenced, the peer-reviewed study in it, and it is true that herbivores do have very high levels of strontium in their bones. Um, to be exact, it's somewhere around 400 to 500 parts per million. That's per, for pure omnivores. What they leave out from the same exact study was that those who also have fish in their diet are somewhere around 450 to 500 parts per million of strontium in their bones. Uh, doing a quick Google search of where they found these bones was in Ephesus, Turkey, which is a city that is on the ocean. <laughs> so you could plausibly guess that uh, fish was readily available and probably pretty cheap back then and probably something they threw to the gladiators to, to eat in their diet. Yeah, if, um, they, if they wanted to be like real scientific, they should have showed comparison flames of herbivores, omnivores, and carnivores. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see the comparison. Yeah. Um, so... Th- the fact that this flame turned red was nice and flashy for the documentary and looks good, and it's kind of an aha moment or a gotcha moment, but just looking at the actual study that they, they reference in it, reading it in its entirety, shows that it doesn't prove that these were strictly vegetarians. Right, and there, I feel like there were so many examples of, like, that's, that's one clear example, and there was, like, so many examples of that, um, like, cherry-picking of mm-hmm. data across the whole thing. Um, like one that stuck out to me was uh, they showed like Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz and how Nate Diaz is uh, primarily eating, you know, vegetarian and Conor McGregor loves eating steak. And they're saying, well, he lost this match because mm-hmm. because he's uh, eating steak and his conditioning wasn't up to snuff. But they didn't tell the viewers that when they rematched, McGregor beat him like by a big margin and um, had this you know amazing career outside mm-hmm. of that fight. But they and just they, chose that one specific. They, they, um, <clears throat> the point they make with that, too, is they, they rely heavily on the fact that Nate Diaz took the fight on 11 days' notice. And they say after the fact, they have a clip of Connor saying, it came down to stamina, Nate has more than me. They also don't say, they don't talk about how Nate Diaz is a, tri- a triathlete. He trains for Ironmans. He's done many Ironmans. He's, it's very known in the MMA world that he, ri- he does long biking sessions before his training. He does long swims. He does long runs. He's, he's an endurance athlete, and he's known for his stamina in, in the ring. Right. Um, after When they had the rematch about five months later, something that Connor did, that, that, that fight went the full five-round distance. Connor implemented long runs, long biking sessions, long swimming sessions before his training and got his stamina up. Right. They also, this, so they, they make this assumption that the only reason Nate won was because he was a vegan. 
not because he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and Connor's ground game sucks or anything uh, like that. So, again, it's just this pure anecdotal evidence that means means nothing. Just the fact that he's vegan doesn't mean he won. He lost the next match to Connor. He lost the next match he fought to Jorge Masvidal as well. Like, and then he won a match after that. So it doesn't. It, his diet may be helping him in some ways, not defining who he is as an athlete. Right. Yeah, I think um, they they took like very good athletes, um, and I think that's cool that they can show that you can eat um, yeah, no meat and still perform at a high level. But they they I think the fault was they made it seem like they were at a high level because of their mm-hmm. veganism where a lot of these athletes were actually not at the top of the game like they weren't the best in the world like um like the sprinter and all that like what about all the athletes that do eat meat and can and are better athletes than so the simple so. i'm glad you brought that up because a simple google <laughs> search of i don't know too much about the endurance world but they talk about scott jurek who sets the record for running the appalachian trail and something like 40 days or something ridiculous like that mm-hmm. and how he's a, a vegan uh, i googled top endurance athletes and i came across a couple of names one of them zach bitter uh he set recently the 100 mile record he ran 100 miles in 11 hours uh and he's a keto he does a keto diet um another person courtney dewalter she does uh ultra marathons 200 plus miles at a time and i found a interview where she explains her diet as burgers, salads, veggies, cinnamon toast crunch, and candy. So she's kind of on the, if it has calories, I'm going to eat it diet. Not, not vegan by any means. So again, like Tyler was saying too, they focus on this 0.5% of people and they're not talking about the millions right. of other examples of different varying diets where you can also succeed. Yeah. And that's again, not putting down the vegan diet. You can succeed with that diet, but that does not meet, equate to meat is evil. Right. And like Kendrick Ferris, the weightlifter, He's uh, he's good by American standards for sure, mm-hmm. um, but he like barely even qualifies for the Olympics, and he's you know he's never come close to like a top ten performance in the Olympics. So it's I mean he's for sure a good athlete, but it's not like he mm-hmm. they kind of made it seem like he's like the best athlete, but and he is in America um, or he was at one time. But I think he won the Pan Am Games recently, so like yeah. North and South America, yeah. Right. I think that can go back to like. Um, there is so much variance in like how we individually respond so i think the best thing to take away would be like go try it for yourself mm-hmm. like matt hurd is a great example one of our members here shout out hurd industries <laughs> um he saw this right when i kind of started here he saw this and asked me my opinion and i, I hadn't seen it yet but i had heard about it and kind of gave him uh, my feedback and he said you know what i'm gonna try it. i'm gonna go 30 days I think it was 30 days. I'm not going to eat any meat products. I'm going to see how I feel. So he, he took that ethos of, like, using your body as a laboratory, um, tried it out, didn't love it to the point where he was going to keep doing it. He's eating meat again. Um, but he now has the knowledge, the empirical knowledge of, like, all right, I know my body doesn't necessarily jive well with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's a, that's, that's a step that everybody can take is, um, you know, do it for yourself. Uh use your body as like a laboratory and then and then you have more legitimate ev- evidence for your particular genetic makeup mm. yeah it's really coming down to what f- makes your body feel best and what you can maintain and be right. consistent with right because any diet right. or whatever you want to call it is going to work if you're consistent with it mm-hmm. and a good example of how like everybody's different is like if you look at um people that swear by drinking like chocolate milk after their workouts like that legitimately 
works for a lot of people, but there are also people that are like lactose intolerant and which it definitely wouldn't uh, work for. <laughs> so everybody's like different. Their gut microbiome, everybody's mm-hmm. a little bit different. So yeah, yeah you, you should express curiosity and want to try things and want to get better all the time. And if you want to change your diet based on documentary, then that's your call. Um, just reach out to me and let me help you do it better. And <laughs> we'll get you set up with some nutrition coaching and uh, kind of make sure you're doing it the right way. But um, yeah, like Tyler said, be be your own best lab rat. And uh, but let's do it right. Let's not just make a drastic change in one direction for 30 days, and then go the total opposite direction for 30 days. Let's be smart about it. Let's make small incremental changes here and there. Um, I, I liked in the documentary when they brought Arnold in and he started no meat Mondays. And he said, I'm just going to feel see how I feel. I'm going to go no meat on Mondays and we'll start implementing that. And he eventually tra- transferred over to a, a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so make some small changes here and there. See how your body reacts. The best way to, to find out how it reacts to something uh, is take it away for a bit, reintroduce it, see how your body reacts to it. You might be surprised of things you think you're tolerant of that you might not be as tolerant of as you, you think you are. Uh, maybe you feel better without dairy or, or lactose, whatever it may be. Um, right. And do some research because just going straight vegan or even vegetarian and not knowing what you're doing, you can miss out on lots of key nutrients mm-hmm. and just feel like crap. Yeah. One of the, uh, coming from the level two course that I took recently, like one of the pieces that they talked about um, during the nutrition lecture was vicarious experience. So in other words, like like gaining some knowledge through other people's experience like for me like watching matt heard try it and like give me feedback i didn't necessarily have to do it which i still might do just to get the experience for myself Um, but being able to kind of learn from others around you and for me like as a crossfit athlete after watching this film i'm like all right well look at like feeding the fraser's page like that's literally if you don't know what that is it's matt fraser's girlfriend cooks for him every day she posts what he eats and you look at those meals and they're all like well-balanced meals with meats and vegetables and a lot of animal products um and i'm like well if this guy's the fittest on earth and he's not you know succumbing to this vegan uh push maybe it doesn't hold as much weight as the documentary saying it does or like a guy like rich froning who's been in the game for you know 10 plus years and is still arguably the fittest one of the fittest individuals like swears by drinking you know whole milk every day and he owns a bison farm you know it's I think it's uh, if you take a look at especially like what sport you're in you take a look at some of the top people you can gain some um, vicarious knowledge through them mm-hmm. through what they're doing and what they're eating yeah yeah definitely you can definitely get some good knowledge from them too and, and then also know that everyone's body is a little different too and, and so it's okay to maybe Rich Froden drinks milk every day and you can't it doesn't mean you're not going to become fit or strong or anything like that. Right. Um, and it doesn't make milk good or bad. <laughs> exactly. Right. It just and works it, for him. Right. And that could be a good point, too. This, yeah, we get a lot of questions, at least I know I do, is um, is this food good or is this food bad? If we can start kind of changing the way we look at foods, maybe instead of good or bad, black and white, if it's uh, better or worse. Uh, is, the, or is this bag of chips going to kill me because I eat them? No, it doesn't make necessarily mean one bag of chips is bad. Uh, is it better for me than, say, if I were to choose to, to have uh, a salad instead? Salad might be a little bit of a better choice. So if we could look at foods as maybe better or worse instead of black and white, good or bad, it might help ease some of the how, how, um, some of the anxiety behind making some changes in, in New Year Nutrition because there is so much information out there, and it is overwhelming to know where to start, too. So um, yeah. start by... Just making better choices on a daily basis. Yeah. Have you, after watching it, did you guys 
think like I'm going to make any changes or no changes at all, or what did you guys come out of it thinking? I definitely need to mix in more volume of vegetables. Yeah, that's what. It, that's exactly mm-hmm. how I came out of it. Yeah. yeah, like I don't. Nobody ever got hurt by eating too many vegetables. No, right. Yeah. Um, I'm very like personally. I'm very like meat driven. A lot of animal product, um, and I mean we can go down that rabbit hole too. But I think like having just balance is kind of the key. Um, finding like a balance that works for you, like we've been saying. <clears throat> but that's one takeaway I had. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're the same. We kind of plan our meals off of like what what meat are we going to have, and then what do we have with it. Um, and so I think coming out of this we we need to definitely pack in more vegetables mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, it yeah, wasn't been, all bad we've been talking for a while about trying to go like meatless one day a week mm-hmm. uh before watching this and i don't i think like every so often having meatless meals it's just learning how to cook that way yeah. right and then there's even like on the flip side of the coin like people doing it for ethical reasons like not just for performance you know and that also has a, a basis, like um, yeah, like that's a valid that's a valid yeah. point, right? We never ask you to go against that, um, but no, if you're switching to a vegan or a vegetarian diet based on whatever reason, just know that there is a, a just like it with any diet, there's a good way to do it and there's a bad way to do it, and uh, reach out to us for help. Uh, let us help you. Make sure you're getting the right nutrients. Um, it always helps to if you're switching out your diet, maybe go see your doctor, get some blood work done, see what nutrients you're you're um, deficient in and see if we can find a way to implement more of those in your diet and then if we need to supplement them as well too so regardless of the diet whether it's plant-based meat-based keto whatever there's a good way to do it and a bad way to do it um so reaching out for help always always helps never hurts um but coming out of this i think it's important to note too like regardless of what nutrition camp you fall into um or how you want to eat and following some some basic fundamentals i think anyone whether you're pro keto pro vegan pro carnivore kind of all agree maybe not carnivore for some of these but kind of all agree on some like basic tenets of nutrition uh, and science can back these as well um emphasizing whole foods if you can get as minimally processed food as you can uh trying to get it from the natural source um and getting it as minimally processed as possible is going to be more beneficial for you whether that is plant or animal based um, getting enough quality protein, regardless of what type of protein it is, animal or plant-based, getting enough, especially for those who are very active in the gym, is going to be very important for your for your growth. Uh, incorporating lots of veggies, again, that wouldn't go for carnivores, but uh, uh, pretty much any other diet plan, again, what we just said, the more veggies, the better they are, they're never going to hurt you. Um, prioritize high nutrient density foods over a lower nutrient density food. Um, if you only have a few minutes to eat every day and a small amount of food to eat, let's try to get as, as many packed nutrients in there as it can. Uh, eat slowly until satisfied. Um, try to not wolf down your food. Um, believe it or not, it can take about 15 to 20 minutes for your body to give out hunger cues or fullness cues. Um, I don't know about you, but I can eat a lot of food in about 20 minutes. I'm really so. bad at like, not breathing while I eat. Pacing. This yeah. is actually something I've been practicing for the last three weeks, and it's really hard. I've been trying to, every meal, make it a minimum of 10 minutes, and sometimes just sitting there staring at my food, waiting for the next bite. Yeah. But it, it helps you not overeat, uh, as, as weird as it sounds. Uh, you, you can eat less and be more satisfied. Uh, so eating slowly and, and, and eating until you are satisfied too and not eating to that 100% or 110% full unless you're trying to gain weight. Um, but trying to eat to about 80% full is going to help you um, throughout the day. And then my final one, just minimize processed foods. Just 
stay away from your your sugars as much as possible. Anything super super processed preservatives, and you're gonna you're gonna see the health benefits that the documentary is trying to tell you can only see with a vegan diet. Yeah, a good trick with that is just shop the outside of the yeah. grocery store. Mm. Yeah. I always like Michael Pollan's quote: uh, "If it came from a plant, eat it. If it was made in a plant, don't." Yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 And uh, going forward, like any other, um, you know, things that catch fire on social media or documentaries or you know fad diets, um, just arm yourself with empirical knowledge. You know, just be aware that um, most most of those messages have uh, a hidden message and. Uh, somebody's always going to be making money off a message. So mm-hmm. just arm yourself with that knowledge. Be aware of where information's coming from and ultimately make decisions based on your own uh, experience rather than being told or uh, shown via media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah if, if people did that with politics, this country would be a lot <laughs> more cohesive. <laughs> right. It's like that's a good example of though. You can watch the exact same story on two different media outlets and get two completely mm-hmm. different angles and um so that's like a good example of like going to the source and like trying to find out for yourself what's going on because yeah. they they filter things and and talking about nutrition can be a lot like talking about politics or yeah. sports because we find ourselves attaching ourselves to these camps and yeah. for whatever reason maybe you went keto and you lost 30 pounds and you feel the best you ever felt in your life and you're like i want everyone to go keto now because i want you to feel how good i feel whatever the diet is so it's easy to get attached to these um, but know again that it's, it might not work for everybody. Uh, whatever works for you, or if it works for someone else and doesn't work for you, doesn't make you a worse person than them, or or less fit, or anything like that. And just if you want to make any drastic changes, just I'd, I'd ask you to ask yourself like, what about making this change feels appealing to you? Do you think it's going to be worthwhile to make these changes? And again, maybe seek out some help as well if, before you make them. Yeah. See what goals you're trying to get from those changes. Exactly. Yeah, and we'll be doing a nutrition seminar. Yeah, um, so at Cross the Sohegan in Milford, we're going to be on February 1st at 10.30 a.m. We're going to be doing a nutrition seminar. It's going to be about 30, 45 minutes. We're going to kind of break down a lot of the, the fundamentals I just laid out for you there, the emphasizing whole foods, getting enough quality protein. We're going to get a lot more, not into this documentary, but we're going to break down some of the popular diet fads that are out there right now. Um, talk about maybe some good things from some some bad things from them and how they're actually more similar to each other than you may think they are and that even goes for a meat-based or a plant-based diet uh, we're going to break down how regardless of what diet you want to choose if we can instill some some daily habits how you can be successful with any one of those and that's going to lead into our six-week challenge that's going to kick off uh for Sahagin, or for anybody in, in the milford area uh, on february 3rd which is that monday uh, for those in the nashua area we're going to have a seminar here on the 15th which is also a saturday and then we'll kick off a six-week challenge here in Nashua uh, on the 17th, which is that, that following Monday as well. So we'll have more information on that coming out soon. Um, so February 1st and February 15th, we'll have two free nutrition seminars for you. All right. Until next time.